Welcome back to Sports Talk Game Breakers. To my right, the special. Hey. After this, the special. That's it. This Just is the, the special. Special. Jackson Clemens <laughs> to my right, and I am Mr. Flowers. Mr. Flowers, right here, right now. But it's enough about us. Yeah. Because we have a special, special person in studio right now. I'll say it. What, what a freaking booking! Comedian Wavy McGuire, yeah. everybody. Wavy McGuire, you got the best story, Wavy. I I want to know so much about you. You have you've lived, I feel like, multiple lives. Uh, and you look younger than ever. So tell me your secret, Wavy. Tell me everything I need to know now. Um, drink lots of water. Yep. Okay. Stay away from Instagram models. <laughs> and mind your business. That's, that's, that's it? That's, that's <laughs> it. That's <laughs> no, it's true. By hydrate. Yeah. Be in the that's right it. mind. Exactly. Because yeah. nope. not minding your business, that'll drain you. Exactly. You know, not drinking water, that'll drain you. And the other stuff, we don't know. So, uh, Wavy. You have a wild story. Can you tell me, like, walk me through your sports life? You've okay. done a lot. Yeah. So I was in the music industry for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, working at various labels. I was at Universal, Motown. Um, worked at Violator Management for an amount of years. You know, you know, as a company that represented Missy Elliott, Busta Rhymes, 50 Cents, LL Cool J. So they had, you know, a lot of these um, artists. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, while you're in that industry, you, you know, you're able to mix and mingle with a lot of, you know, sports, you know, figures, um, mm-hmm. you know, people that work in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, working at Universal, I was able to meet with an agent who had a Jets player that wanted to, you know, create a demo, get an album out there, and um, happened to be in the studio listening to all of this. Horrible. <laughs> You know what I mean? Horrible. Who was it? I won't disclose his name. Oh, man. Yeah, he was a Jets player. Um, <laughs> played for the, like, he he was, like, one of those guys. He was a he was a, uh, a cornerback, as a matter of fact. Okay. For what year? Um, <laughs> and why was it? Why was what it year was he a cornerback for the yeah. Jets? Why was, Durrell Durrell Davis? Davis. Uh, why was Durrell But, but, but uh, you know, sitting in the studio, listening to this dude rap, it was just, like, wow. Horrible. But... You know, I was just like the yes man. Yo, that's hot. What? That's <laughs> why? What? If you're in the studio with these people, why not let them know it's trash? Why because not my, give them a writer something? Uh, I don't know. It, it, you know, that's his. That's his team. His team has to worry about mm. that. It was just me trying to figure out a way to get in there. Okay. You know what I mean, and it happened. You know, started. You know, meeting other people. Um, met a gentleman by the name of David Barber, who was an agent that represented Mia Hamm. And at wow. the time, Mia Hamm was like one of those big yeah. uh, soccer players, right? Mm-hmm. She had video games. Um, I don't know. She may have had a cartoon. I'm not too sure. But, you know, I always thought that you had to be an attorney in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, just go to school for business. Hmm. And that's, you know, that's what I did. I went to school, you know, was doing that for business, went to St. John's, graduated with like a sports uh, marketing degree. Um, you know, wanted to be an entertainment lawyer, but then I was like, yeah, you know what, I might as well just go into focusing on law, but never went in. You know, it was just easy for me to read contracts and mm-hmm. help athletes out. Um, you know, in the midst of doing that, I was coaching AAU basketball. Um, you know, uh, my cousin Apache Pasquale, who had one of the big um, AAU programs in the city, mm-hmm. Exodus, you know, had uh, loads amount of, you know, McDonald All-Americans, you know, like from players from like Kia Vaughn, Epiphany Prince, Erica mm-hmm. Morrow. So I was helping them do that, but working with a friend of mine, Alexis Smith, who had a program through Abyssinian 
church and we were able to, you know, start our own girls program and bring a lot of girls in. Um, you know, I want to take credit because we were able, we were bringing in girls from like Texas, DC, and we mm -hmm. had like, you know, what we call like teen moms where they would just stay with them yeah. for the summertime. And I think I want to credit myself for saying that the NCAA kind of put a rule in there was like, you know, teams, you can't allow to have players travel from different states to come to one particular state and play for your AAU team. And that was you. Right. You I want, want to take the credit for why the NCAA... Yeah, I'm taking credit for this, that little part. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good for you, man. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's, that's the best way to do it. I mean, because you, you, if you're looking at it like you do with, with music, right. right? Like, you can find somebody that has a good sound and, and they're out of Milwaukee or Texas exactly. or whatever. And you're like, yo, I got this studio in New York. Come here. We'll put you up. And then we're going to make you great right, right here because now you're in a different position where you don't have to stay where the person is exactly. in order to make them exactly. great. I think that's a good move for basketball as right. well. So after they made this rule, did it disband? Did the team get worse because you were pulling from just no, no, one no. area? It, it, no, you know, we still found ways to get a – there's always a loophole that you can find to, to, to figure out to get a, a play out here, you know. So um, doing that, I went into becoming a volunteer coach at City College. Mm -hmm. And – you know, one of our comedic friends, Vincent Chan, yeah. was a basketball player at the time I was volunteering and was working at the uh, in, in the athletic department. That's how I met Vincent. Never That's how you met Vince. Yeah, never knew Vince was doing comedy. I always thought we he had him on last week. I know, I saw that. Yeah, yeah I watched that episode. That's why I was like, "Oh, that's crazy." I told um, you. <laughs> I told you, man. That's crazy. It's a small world out yeah, here, man. Yeah. But you're you're skipping out on a really big part of this story because, like, both of those things are great. But you were had hands in a all athlete rap album. Yes. No, I didn't have hands on the rap athlete album. So. Working in the music industry, you know, you were able to, like, you know, different labels. I was always getting albums here and there, here and there. And I stumbled onto an album that came out, was called The Best, uh, what was it, Best, Ball is Best Kept Secret, mm -hmm. which had numerous amount of athletes that were rapping at the time, like Dana Barrows, mm -hmm. Dennis Scott, mm -hmm. uh, who, else, who else? I had it Gary was, Payton. Gary, Gary Payton, right. So we listened had, to the whole album this morning, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I just want to let you know. Right. And my only, my only like players that I knew that were rapping at the time, of course, we had Shaq, mm -hmm. who was rapping. Um, you know, I was interning with Trackmasters, which was a, which is a, a production company that you know produced for Jay Z, produced for Nas, you know, produced for a lot of artists in the industry, mm -hmm. and they signed Kobe Bryant. So I was able to listen to like those earlier tracks that Kobe was rapping That's on. Right. And doing stuff. When I was working at Universal, you know, we signed Allen Iverson, so I was able to listen to those. And I still have his single. Who? Oh, wait. <laughs> Hold on. Because what? Whoa. Yeah. I'm telling you so. Wait. Whoa. Okay. That's it's the I mean. 50th anniversary of hip hop right. as a whole. Who is the best bar for bar athlete in the hip hop game? That you've right heard. Now? No, that you've heard, like, there, any of their songs, any of their singles over the years, who Shaq. has... Shaq. 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 Shaq has bars. Really? Shaq, yeah, Shaq has... Wow. Yeah, he can spit. And then, and then if I had to go down the line, I would say Dana Barros was, like, one of those guys... Because if you listen to his song, like, bar for bar, I was like, yo, he had skills. He was you know good. He had good, good flow. Right. He was great. <laughs> he was top tier. I, how was Allen Iverson? Was he good? Allen, you know, it was, it was okay. But yeah. it wasn't, yeah, they, and I think, you know, 
when that single came out, you know, being him being the bad boy in the league, it was just like putting a strain on his image. So they kind of like, you know, shelved the project. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, listen. I mean, I, I would have loved to listen to like a full length album and hear how that sounds. You know, same thing with Kobe. I know that album is floating around somewhere, mm-hmm. but it's an actual full album. Like, That's wild. Of- Gary Payton was pretty good too. Like yeah. I listened to Gary Payton, I was like, this is impressive. We right. went for like, tw- like twenty or thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you would never guess. Exactly. Right? And then you would hear these guys. The production was great. Like there's some that like just weren't so. There were some that were not exactly. great. That was horrible. Like, there was yeah. some that was bad. Kidd, like thirty Jason seconds. Jason Kidd was horrible. Was, uh, <laughs> it was bad. Jason Kidd, man. Six and somebody to tell him. <laughs> yeah, right. Terrible. <laughs> But it was great, man. You, you've done, the NFL wait. actually did one as well for a lot of the NFL players. Wait, and like who? Andre Risen was on. Like, oh, Andre Risen, yeah. And I think everybody, I can't remember who else was on. But Andre Risen was the only one that stuck, that 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 stand, stood out from everybody else. Yeah, because he was uh, doing it in a burning house. Well, basically. Like that, he was you like, oh, my house is going down. I got to wrap. <laughs> Left out, what are you doing? Stop, please. You know? Right. That's insane. Okay, wait. This is the wildest uh, thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, I, you know, I, I just wish some of these athletes would have been told no. Like, I think Deion Sanders needed to be told no. You know? I don't think Deion Sanders had hits. Shaq had hits. He was good with Foosh Nickens. Of course, yeah. But Deion Sanders, when I listen to his music, I'm like, okay, just play football and... No, and- you, you, can't, you can't discredit that, that one song that he had. Uh, what was that song? Um, Which one? Uh, for the love... Not for the love of money, but it was just something about money. Oh, it got to be the money. It's got something. to be the money, yeah. Huh. You can't discredit that song. Like, that's a classic. You it know? is a classic, but it's... Oh, man. It's you, have, you, you have... I mean, that was... That's prime time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. That dude, you had to let him rock with that. What's the wildest, like, because you've been in the sports industry and the music industry for all this you mm-hmm. know, time, what's the wildest story you have? The wildest? That you can tell on air. That you can tell on air. The wildest story? Wildest story being around okay. all these people. Um, <laughs> so I was representing a basketball player, Cameron Benison. Okay. We used to call him Oreo. Um, <laughs> so at the time, uh, you know, every Tuesdays, my boy NFL Kev used to host a party at Justin's. And this is when, you know, Puff Daddy had his restaurant. It was like a huge, you know, huge, everybody was going there every Tuesday. You know, he would have a lot of the Giants players or the Jets players come off because Tuesdays was like their off day Mm -hmm. from practice. Um, That one particular night, I had, you know, he came in, he was playing for like a D-League team, came into town that day. We were at the club and I'm standing with him. Mm -hmm. So Cam is like 6'7". You know, I'm 5'7", so you, you know, look like, you know, the height. Right. But a female walked over because he knew all the places. So, like, Ron Mercer was there. You know, he had yeah. a couple of old school, like, mm-hmm. guys that played on the Nets that was there. And she came over to me with a list in her hand and asked me, what's his name? And I was like, that's Cameron Benison. And she looked at the list. Walked back over to her girls and was like, no, that's he's not an NBA player. Whoa! (laughs) Yo! So groupies travel from city to city to city, I kid you not, to meet up with these NBA players. That's crazy. We got to go to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more Waving McGuire. This is amazing. Uh, Stick around, guys. Where's the list? I don't know. I'm not going to make the list. Sports Talk Game Breakers here on Prime Video. I'm Jackson Clemens. Today I'm joined by Mr. Flowers himself, Reed Fowler. Ooh. You know, still in studio, I'll say it. What a freaking booking. Wavy McGuire still joins the show. How you feeling? Great. Great. Good. Uh, question for you. Uh, you're an Eagles fan. 
Yes. Uh, how does it feel to be a fan of a team that lost the Super Bowl? Uh, we've lost the Super Bowl a few times, mm -hmm. so I'm, you know, I'm not upset by it at all. Yeah, yeah. How do you think Jalen Hurts is living up to the legacy of all the black quarterbacks that have been with the Eagles so far? You got Donovan uh, McNabb, you got Mike Vick. Now Jalen Hurts is in and the mix. Randall Cunningham too. And Randall Cunningham. So yeah. I want to say, uh, if I had to compare Jalen Hurts, I would compare him to Randall Cunningham because I was a Randall Cunningham fan as a kid. That was, that was like my favorite quarterback um, growing up. That's how I became an Eagles fan because of him. Um, but then actually loving the Eagles was like from a crush. Uh, right. yeah, she, she actually was an Eagles fan and bought tickets and we had five yard line seats oh. at Veteran Stadium, bef the last game before they tore Veteran Stadium down to build Lincoln Financial. And what? Yeah. So that's when I was like, oh yeah, you know what? I love the Eagles. Cause you're right there. Exactly. That's oh. wild. <laughs> <laughs> that, so, okay, so but let's go back. Uh, so Jalen Hurts, yeah, Jalen Hurts is living up to the expectations of what he's supposed to do as a quarterback. Um, you know, he's top five to me. Top five? Yeah. And you, you think guys, that contract he just got was worth it and everything? Of course it was. And I think it was it, it was worth it. And I think putting that money into Carson Wentz was horrible, and I'm glad they got rid of him. Jalen Hurts is that dude, and he's going to, you know, and I, I get it. You know, you lose, you lose some, you win some. So I, I, I'm... I'm not going to guarantee that we're going to win the Super Bowl, but um, we're going to get back this year. Mm -hmm. We're going to yeah. get back this year. Yeah, uh, you take a look at what just the Eagles have done, too, or what Jalen Hurts does in the community as well. Right. He's When we talk about these contracts, especially an NFL quarterback, you're the face of the franchise, and a lot of times you're the face of the city, too, mm -hmm. right? from an athletic standpoint and from a sports standpoint. Absolutely love that he got paid. He absolutely deserves it. Uh, how about the DeAndre Swift signing? Like So now DeAndre Swift, the former Lions running back. He now joins the Eagles right. in the backfield. Much maligned with the Lions. Could not stay healthy but when he was, he was one of the better running backs. He was. Do you like that move? Because we've seen the Eagles rotate with Miles Sanders, right? Uh, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. Right. And now you bring in someone so like the only, the only The only thing I, I, I I mean, if they wanted to bring him in, they could have brought him in. Yep. I was just upset that they got rid of Miles Sanders. Yeah. And I know why, because it was just a money thing. You, you have to pay Miles. And I think paying Miles, they probably would have been stuck within that luxur the luxury tax. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, you know, it's a smart business move to get rid of him. Bring in another running back that's, you know, that's almost comparable to him. Yeah. That could probably do almost, a little bit probably do a little bit more damage. Okay. But, you know, being that he you know, he he suffered injuries last season, it's just like, you know, what are we gonna get this year? So you know, I'm 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 optimistic, so mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing him play this year. Mm -hmm. and, you know, like have you been said, keeping up with the running back situation that's been going on with Saquon Barkley and all yeah. these other people? So I had a conversation about that with uh with my boy, and you know, with that, teams aren't paying uh, running backs big large amounts of money like they used to, mm -hmm. right? You know, we know that that position is so small. You know, you can fill that position can be filled by anyone. You know, mm -hmm. you guys. That's right. Thank you. Back. Right, yeah, but yeah, the yeah, running back you. touches Thanks, the ball more than almost every right. other player except for the quarterback. So what they're trying to, like, now, you know, we see these quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are these hybrid players that can run, mm -hmm. that can throw, that can move, right? So that's what they're looking in for running. They're not looking for running backs to do these. They're looking for, like, hybrid players that are, like, fullbacks that can run, you know, as a yeah. running like back. A that may, right. That can may run as a tight end if they need to fill him in that, that slot. Mm -hmm. Or possibly be, you know, a wide receiver. We don't know. But they're looking for those hybrid players 
they're not invested in running backs anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I think the game has changed dramatically where it's like, you know, you got to get the ball down the field. Yep. You know, how far can I throw the ball down if I have, you know, a wide receiver running down or I have someone running, you know, running a slot, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what they're looking at. And, yeah. you know, I think Saquon, he should have took that He should have took that deal. Um, you know, the new but, deal? Yeah, well, I think he, the deal that they offered him. Yeah. You know, I think he should have took that first deal. And, you know, when they franchised it, it's just like, you know, what, a million, million dollars, dollars more yeah. than what they right. franchise tagged him on? Mm-hmm. He was looking to get 13. Right, and he didn't yeah. get it. He and did. so, like, just to settle with that, it's like, you f- it feels like a loss. Right. You and know? that's what it is. Yeah. And I think they, you know, they, yep. you know, he'll realize that he got the, you know, the short end of the stick, you know. And, like, I think... Like I said, you know, running backs are a diamond dozen until, you know, you get that. So what does the running back position do now? If the running back position is a diamond dozen, right. if if the quarterbacks are getting better, so you don't really need a running back as much, or if you need a running back in a different way, like like a Derrick Henry who's just massive and can kind of get through there and be an everything kind of guy. So then my question is, like, if we're looking at the game of football right now, mm-hmm. what do running backs do? Like, well, you what- still need those running backs to get in there. But like I said, you know, those smaller running backs, you know, to squeeze in to get those lines, they looking for big players like Steven Jackson. Remember how Steven Jackson Oof. was an animal back mm-hmm. in the day, right? So that's the type, you know, you, you want big guys like that that can run straight down the middle, get, you know, get your yardage. And, you know, of course, you'll get a smaller running back, you know, to sneak in to really get you, you know, those extra yardage mm-hmm. so that way you get the first down. But um, like I said, you know, it, that position is like, kind of fading. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't we're not look at all the quarterbacks that we have. You know, the, that traditional stand in the pocket throw. You want a super mobile, you know, and you look at you look at the the quarterbacks now from where Mike Vick was, you know, they're like him a hundred times better than what Vic was doing back in his prime. Exactly. Yeah. And Vic in his prime was like the like, oh my God, this is new, right. let's break a new ground. How could you do this? And then now everybody is this, he's the standard. Right. So if we want to say it, the I'll say he ended with the Philadelphia Eagles, so I'm blaming the Eagles here. The Philadelphia Eagles, Michael Vick, messed up the entire running no, back didn't. salary for the NFL. <laughs> and the reason why running backs are getting paid so low is it's because, because of, of Mike Vick. Wow. Boom. I blame wow. Philadelphia. Reed, do you agree? I, I don't agree with that. Uh, <laughs> I do not agree with that. Uh, but, but maybe you're right. Like, you take a look at even Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Right. Some of the quarterbacks that aren't conventionally runners, they still are able to run. Trevor Lawrence, Joe mm-hmm. Burrow doesn't run. But if they do get the ball and they tuck it in, they can get you those 10 yards, right? right? And if that defense is playing man, their backs are turned towards you, mm-hmm. you can get 10, 15. We see it all the time, right? 10, 15 yards mm-hmm. to get into that. So that's one thing about the, the position. But also, too, you can have someone like Antonio Gibson who played wide, uh, wide receiver mm-hmm. at Memphis, right. then become a, a running back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So then you can have another position be like, oh, okay, actually you would play better at this position. You can't do that with anything else, right? Like as a running back, you can't necessarily be like an ex-wide receiver. Mm. Tight end can't necessarily potentially be a running back. You could, Or a, a running back can't necessarily be a tight end in terms of blocking size, right. exactly. block the DN. It's much harder. So to your point, the Austin Ecklers of the world mm-hmm. feel much more valuable at that position than, let's say, like uh, even a Derrick Henry, who's so good later in the months. Right. November, December, January, mm-hmm. you're not tackling that guy. There's no way you're tackling no. him. No. That's extremely valuable, but he's got to get there first exactly. from a health perspective. Exactly. And that's yeah. what they don't trust. So 
I don't know. Wait, I, like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to completely change the subject. <laughs> no, go for it. Like, I want to know how you got into comedy because we've been in music. Right. We've been in sports. Right. We've been, te- we've been coaching. Yes. And now you're in comedy. So how did you get into this line of work? Uh, so I've always wanted to be a comedian um, in high school. But, you know, being that we didn't have social media back then, I didn't know where any of the comedy clubs were. Um, I had a friend who was a DJ um, that used to work at the Uptown Comedy Club when it was in Harlem, right? So that was like the only premier comedy club that I knew in Harlem, living in Harlem, mm-hmm. that was there. Um, and, you know, I would go, but I would go on days where they had like, you know, open mics where it's like, you know, you had a whole bunch of rappers that were there. Then, mm-hmm. of course, you had a little bit of comedians, that you know, comics that were there telling jokes. And I was just trying to figure out how to get in there. So, you know, me and him used to just sit there and kind of write jokes and, and so forth. But, you know, I think watching Def Comedy Jam, watching Bad Boys of Comedy, you know, I was always like, you know, I'm going to do it one day. And that was my thing. I'll do it one day and then I'm just going to leave it alone. So what was the day that you were like, this is it? Um, so I used to take improv classes with Cypher Sounds. What? Right. So I took, I, when Cypher left Hot 97, mm-hmm. he started doing, uh, improv classes. And it was just like, you know, I always say, like, I'm the guinea pig of his improv classes. Mm-hmm. And took his classes and, yeah. you know, went to the UBC theater to do improv, like, those improv jam sessions that they used to have. And, you know, one day my boy was like, yo, you know, there's a comedy club called The Stand when it was on 23rd Street, mm-hmm. Second Second Avenue, right? Yeah. He was like, yo, they do these open mics. You want to go? And I was like, uh, okay, let's try it. And I went, I tried it, and, you know, people were laughing. And I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, is this all it took? Just saying things off the top of my head. And I yeah. don't think anything was like, if I look back on it now, I'm like, ah, oh, that was horrible. I'll cringe. Yeah. But, you know kept going and you know was just doing these open mics doing all of these mics and a good friend of mine um introduced me to tony rock Mm -hmm. and you know i was like oh like really like that's one of my favorite comics in the whole world let me just you know i sat down with tony and i I think we spoke about comedy maybe for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and then for three hours we just talked about sports life and other things like you know what do you do when you get up like how do you put things together these yeah. little jokes and, and and it was just just that like an organic conversation and you know he's like when i come back to town you know we get together and i think like two years later he came back to gotham and was like yo you want to do a guest spot and i was like uh really and yeah. i and i took it from there he gave me the opportunity. I was like, okay. And I just ran Unbelievable. with it. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I just yeah. ran with it. You know what I mean? So wait, That's amazing, man. Where are you performing next? Because we have to wrap this so up. So I'm at uh, West Side Comedy Club this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the, the 12th? Tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I'm at the West Side Comedy Club tomorrow at 6 o'clock. So if anybody want to come to the show, you know, West Side Comedy Club. Can I give the address? Yeah, How does go it go? 75th Street, Amsterdam Avenue, right below the uh, Mexican restaurant. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, Wave McGuire, everybody. Stick there around, we got is. more show coming up after Ooh. this. Yo. Follow amazing. Wavy yeah. McGuire, everybody. Though? The story I, is Tony Rock though? That's amazing. Yeah, so it, yeah, it was like